0: Welcome everybody. This is the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Have no idea where you are. Uh, find your way to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and we are in areas uh, around Sugarland. Uh, and I think that we're getting close to being out of the. COVID-19 quarantine, but in the meantime, we still are doing the podcast uh, from the Zoom rooms uh, that each of us have set up. You might have found us on uh, man com, our website, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcast. We have all of our podcasts on, uh, archived on SoundCloud. Uh, we're also on Facebook at Man-Up, and we're at, on Pray.com, and this is our 172nd podcast. Hard to believe! And we're glad that you uh, chose to join us. Each of us were, were just men uh, on our individual faith journey, and this, we talk about things that you just don't get to talk about, uh, particularly in today's climate. Uh, anywhere else. So we're glad that you join us weekly. And uh, we just started on a a series of Living in the Holy Spirit. Uh, But before we get to our discussion, we've got a, a Men Matter Fast Five segment. And this time it's hosted by the professor, Robert Koshu. Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends segment. This is where we focus the Men Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast audience on organizations and resources helpful to the spiritual man. Five questions to give you, our listener, a quick overview. And now, for the Men Matter, focus on Friends Fast
2: Five.
3: This is Robert Koshu, and we're here with the Men Matter segment. I am here with Senior Captain Bobby Delgado of the Houston Fire Department. He is one of their chaplains as well. And so, Bobby, we are very glad you're here with us today and agreed to do this. So we're going to have some fast five questions for you. Thanks for having me on the show, Rob. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. So what is the purpose of the chaplain in the Houston Fire Department? Well, my job is to
4: provide uh, emotional and spiritual support to our almost 4,000 members.
3: Wow. So when did you get the position and really how long have you been in it now?
4: Well, I've been with the fire department 17 years, and we had a chaplain when I came in. He held the position for 20 years.
3: He retired last year, so I started February of 2019. Okay, so so do you do this in addition to running out and fight, fighting fires? That was the one question I did want to ask you and forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> that,
4: that, that's a good question. My primary role now is chaplain. So the Houston Fire Department is one of the few – departments anywhere that has a full-time dedicated chaplain uh so as of february last year for the houston fire department i don't uh run into burning buildings anymore
3: what do you see as the biggest challenge to getting men involved in faith and confronting the culture and doing the other things
4: you know I, i think it's just being direct you know i've worked the fire service is uh predominantly male-dominated thing. And we, we have uh, more more women than ever before, but it's still, uh, at the core, at the root, it's predominantly male-oriented and driven and alpha-male-oriented and driven. And so in, in my culture, in, in my settings, and at the fire station, uh, there is no more direct talk than at a fire table. And um, definitely it's not talk that you, you want around women and children, but people say what's on their mind, they have, we have a set of morals, we have a set of ethics that people live by, and it might not be grounded in truth or grounded in scripture, but they have a, a definite sense of right and wrong, and they live by it. And men of, faith, men of faith who have the holy scriptures, who are guided by God, we should live by those principles, not apologize for them, and be direct about it. And I, I think in doing so, that draws men to that. Men want other men to lead them. Uh, there's, a, there's a show, one of the fire shows on, on Fox, uh, they had this um, this quote where they were recruiting uh, new members. And when one of the members said, she said uh, she was uh, getting into a lot of trouble a lot of different places and, and wasn't fitting in. And she said, I'm, I'm allergic to poor leadership. And that really stuck with me because I feel like um, in the end, that, that's what it's about. We need strong leaders. We need men to step up and rise up take their rightful God-given place in their families in their homes in their communities and to lead and lead well
3: um, following Christ. So what, what changes has men of faith do we need to make to kind of encourage that place where men know that, Hey, it's my job to take that role as a leader.
4: Well, I, I think we've got to start talking about it again. We got to start living it. We got to start doing it. We, you know, discipleship is bringing other men alongside and and it can happen you know anywhere you know men you know i I like to fish i like to hunt i like to work out and so it's inviting other men to come be a part of that and in doing so you know being invested in each other's lives challenging each other i mean part of what makes men and what used to make men was other men older men challenging younger men to rise up, to be tougher, to be stronger, whatever it is, whether it's on the football field, whether whether it's it's on the war field or whether it's on the fire ground, older, seasoned men challenge young men and build them up and bring them up to a level that is acceptable for them to do their job. And we've got to do the same. We've really got to start investing in whether it's a it's young in age or it's young in in spiritual maturity, but to really invest in them and and to challenge them.
3: So what's a good way to contact you?
4: Yeah, well, you know, emails, definitely easy. You can find me all over social media, Bobby Delgado on um, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, you name it, I'm there. Um, Email address. So we have a, I have my own podcast where we, I get to interview other men and women and first responders, military Of faith called faith of our heroes and if you uh, you want to email faith of our heroes at gmail.com I'd be happy to get with you definitely always looking for um, people of faith and those uh, those job titles to come and share their stories Um, we have a a devotion weekly devotional called the firefighter devotional um, and you can find that at the firefighter devotional and I mean there's, there's a digital footprint. So anybody who wants to find us, can find us. And, and if you want to find me to to criticize me, that's fine too. I might might pretend I don't know who you are.
3: (laughs) So Bobby, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. What's one word you would give to all men out there, be they first responders or men who aren't first responders. What's kind of the final word that you would give them? Just
4: stand, stand for something, stand for principles. And if you're, you definitely, if you're a believer, stand, stand for God, stand for him and his truth and his scriptures and everything else will fall into place, but stand, stand firm.
3: Perfect. Thank you. Once again, this is Robert Koshy with Bobby Delgado, senior captain for the Houston fire department and serves as their chaplain for the men matter interview sponsored by Manna media.
0: And that's an excellent job by uh, the professor with uh, Bobby Delgado. <clears throat> and want to introduce uh, this week's panel. He's a uh, professional, world-class policy writer, uh, professional gambler, and our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, is here. Yay, Steve. Yay, Yay Steve. <laughs> and and – <clears throat> You can't have a, uh, can't do anything without an attorney nowadays in this litigious society, and we have one. And he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. We call him the Judge Michael Cropper is with us.
5: Yeah,
0: and okay. and and our kind of our class deacon, just an overall nice guy, insurance broker, and uh, back from Louisiana. Uh, Kyle Traian is with us.
5: Yes, and he embarrasses me by how nice he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> podcast, right, guys? he is just right. nice. There's nobody like that. Yeah,
2: he's wearing a he's wearing a tie. He's he's bringing he's bringing some class <laughs> to our virtual.
1: <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, I, I'm in a tie normally six days a week, but because of COVID, it used to be I was in a tie five to six days a week. Now I'm gonna tie one to two days a week, mm-hmm. and I'm in house pants five days. Yeah. Oh, nice! nice. Oh
2: he's, he, he's dressed for <laughs> our podcast. That's right. Our right.
1: Virtual, virtual podcast. I just didn't change for work. From yeah, home. nice. Uh, just
0: want to let everybody know that uh, we're in the Connect 360. We use uh, many different uh, uh, sources for our. Material. This is a Baptist Way Press publication. Uh, We're in. This is uh, Connect Three Hundred and Sixty. Living, living in the Spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy. And we're we're in our second lesson. Um, We are going to have. I I I probably need to bring this up. Uh, The Men Matter. The Director's Cut uh, is going to be on thursday that's going to be the full interview with bobby delgado uh, by the professor uh, robert koshy so we got that coming up so uh in the meantime uh this is our this is our second lesson uh it's uh it's titled god's temple and want to go ahead and just go around the the panel and get some overall uh impressions of this particular lesson and uh Start with Mr. Steve Titch.
2: Well, I was thinking back. We, we last did this did this particular story, uh, which is uh, Jesus in the temple. Uh, we did it out of John. Our John study back, a, a, I guess, at least a year now, uh, maybe more. Uh, now we, we're getting a version from Mark. And uh, the interesting thing also about Mark is that it's bookended by the story of the fig tree. And... And that's always a, that's been a, that's a puzzling story. Uh, We'll, we'll hear it and we'll talk a little more about it, but, but there is a connection to the whole cleansing of the temple that goes with it. And, and I I have to, it'll be interesting to talk about it in this context with, with, you know, the Holy spirit and um, cleansing one's own temple that you know the temple, suppose the body as the temple of the soul, cleansing that uh, for for habitation by the spirit.
0: Excellent, uh, Judge, your yeah. impression.
5: Bill, have you read the uh, title of our book to us? Uh, Living in the Spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, we aren't going to get joy out of this lesson today. Right, i going to get the opposite of it. And uh, as Steve had alluded, it it is in fact when Jesus comes in and cleanses the temple. But um, let me uh, read a, a couple lines I had wrote here, uh, mentioning from last week, I think you had mentioned it too, Bill. Uh, last week, Lesson 1 introduced us to John the Baptist, of course, Jesus, and it taught us that there are two baptisms that the author wants us to look at. The first baptism is repentance for sin, from sin. Second baptism is in the Holy Spirit, by which the Holy Spirit indwells within our life and our spirit itself. Now, today's lesson, we're going to skip past much of the life and ministry of Jesus, and we're going to go to the end, like Steve said, we're going to go to the end of where he's coming into Jerusalem uh, at what we have been known to call the triumphant or triumphal entry of Jesus. Uh, Today's text begins after he makes his entry on a donkey. Uh, There is a parade for Jesus as he comes in to Jerusalem. The, the parade is with people placing their clothes and tree branches in front of the donkey, which Jesus is riding. Uh, this parade was one that would be appropriate for a prophet, not necessarily for kings and queens and high dignitaries, things of that nature. But anyway, the lesson will start out with Jesus confronting the merchants and money changers, as, as Steve said. And they had a booming trade in the temple in mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Uh, The author of our lesson wants us to understand that our body can be compared to the temple, the temple in Jerusalem, and it must be clean because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And we do need to keep ourselves clean, our mind from uh, clean thoughts so that we can worship and pray. And I was thinking, trying to compare it, it's, it's sort of like you and I, any of us going to a movie and trying to watch a movie and have somebody walking up and down the aisles trying to sell us food, drinks, and souvenirs while we're watching the movie. Anyway, um, this lesson begins after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and it's getting close to the time of the celebration of the Passover. Okay, Bill?
0: Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan, your impressions of this lesson before we get into reading of the Scripture?
1: Well, I thought I'd try and sell you all a bag of peanuts, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Not during the podcast. (laughs) Peanuts, hot peanuts, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I can so see, um, you know, Jesus going in there. I I can imagine my own fury is, you know, I mean, I'm certainly no Jesus and, uh, but, but for the righteous man that he was to walk into that temple and to see the things that were going on um, had to just totally blow his mind. You know, especially being at Passover and, and right at that time and people are just getting screwed, screwed out of their money. They're just getting, you know, the, the raw deal people taking advantage of in every way imaginable. Um, and it's happening right there in God's house. Um, you know, uh, just uh, like I said, uh, to me, totally justified, um, but uh, extremely bold to do it you know, when he knew they were already plotting against him. Right.
0: Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the scripture. Uh, Like Steve said, we're in Mark. This is Mark 11, 11 through 19. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say that. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, It is not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. You know, I got that uh, a great impression from what Mike said about um being sold to and it remind me you know of, of like going to the ball games and uh and I had someone uh back when I was a kid uh my parents were Methodists so I I went to uh like methodist MYF methodist youth fellowship and they had these uh trips everywhere and went to a religious bookstore and uh the trip itself was free but I probably spent i don't know maybe twenty-five bucks on posters and Christian music and and all sorts of stuff. And you know, and, and this the scripture kind of brings us home because I had a, a friend of mine tell me, Don't you think that you're getting ripped off? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and and the thing about it is, oh, no. I mean it it's true, I, I hadn't I hadn't planned on spending that money but you know, it in particular, one of those posters had in my hung in my room for years and really inspired me. And I can still I can still see it. I, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it, it was a person standing as if they were on a journey, kind of like us on a spiritual journey as men. And so I can imagine someone on the outside thinking. Yeah, these people are getting ripped off, but then some of the people that are actually going through this process you, you got to imagine they made the pilgrimage there, they couldn't bring an animal the whole way, they had to buy one in order to go there, so they were getting provided a service.
2: Yeah, but in fact, I got the author of the study, uh, at least this section. It gives a really shows kind of almost what a racket it was. Um, it was, in fact, <laughs> the, the night before Saturday. I watched uh, in honor of its thirtieth anniversary, *Goodfellas*. And when we were oh. talking about this in in uh, Sunday school, <laughs> I imagined <coughs> a Scorsese type montage of to work in the, you know, with Robert De Niro's overhead over, over uh, narration going. Like, to work in the temple, there you were with the cool guys because you ran everything. The very yeah, the, the sacrifice had to report to you. And where did they get? They had to change their money. And you can see a panning shot as they're moving animals around. But you came uh-huh. in, yeah, you came in and they they controlled everything and they were they were ripping people off. It wasn't even giving you value. You got some value from your poster. You brought it home. It gave you... These, these the, the, they came in, the, the pilgrims came in. They, um, they were required by the, by the Mosaic law, by the J law to buy their sacrifice. They had to be unblemished. There were all sorts of rules. Who decided they were, you know, what, what, who decided basically who could sell in the temple court? The temple, you know, and, and the way the temple was designed, there was this huge outer court where pretty much anybody could go in. Um and that's where you did your business and I'm not even going to put that in quotes because you did your business with you you had a you can't you couldn't use the Roman money you had to change it to uh to to temple money and you know if you thought if you think you know the exchange rates at the airport are bad when you're going abroad these guys were were skimming left and right and <clears throat> it was really and i th- i think And nobody wanted to. I mean, nobody wanted to stand up to them. That's that's the thing. I mean, they were the they were the they were the priests and temple officials in power. It was, you know, they you know they worked with the Romans. They collaborated with the Romans, but they were essentially a theocratic government, and they you know they ran the temple and they ran Jerusalem. And in comes Jesus, and there are probably scads of people who have to come every year or every other year. They come to, to, Pas- to the Passover festival. They know they're gonna get ripped off. They know they gotta deal with it. They feel abused and in comes Jesus and basically tell, you know basically throws them all out. I mean, puts them on this demonstration. There must be people going, oh yeah, yeah, finally, finally somebody's standing up to them. And I mean, it terrified the officials as we found out um, and, uh, you know, but they weren't, they weren't about to do anything publicly. Um, but that's the, the whole thing was an, I guess to read what he wrote, the whole thing was a huge racket. I mean, and that's a nice way of saying it. They were ripping everybody off. If you were, you were getting ripped off, if you were actually, do, um, you know, uh, uh, providing the animals or the, the you know, maybe you had to pay an, a, an extraordinary premium to work there. And so you passed it on and it was, it was really horrible. I mean, it was, it was a den of robbers. He, Jesus was not exaggerating in that, in that situation.
5: Would well, you going to right. step I further, Steve, like that? Oh, I'm sorry, Bill. <laughs> one thing real quick. Uh, and not, if you brought your own animal, oh. even if it was perfect, they could reject it and make you yeah. buy their animals, <laughs> their goat, their calves, or whatever it was. that they, It wasn't just pigeons in there it was uh you could buy ox from and everything but they could reject your animal even though it's perfect it's pedigree whatever you name it they could reject and tell you well no thanks we need you to buy one of the ones inside the temple what were you gonna say bill i interrupt you my apologies
0: no i just saw i just saw kyle uh nodding his head like yeah go get him jesus go get him
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know uh, but I, I was on that same exact wavelength there with Mike of, you know, I, I would have been that guy. I raised doves or I've got sheep or lambs or whatever, and mine is perfect. Mine is spotless. I've inspected him, and so I'm going to bring him along, and that is my, uh, you know, sacrifice to God. And then you walk in there with the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, animal, and the priest goes, Eh look at his little foot, you know, whatever, they find something. I can just see it. No, nope, yep, yep. That's not good enough. I would have been eh, do it anyway. And I'll take whatever, you know, the not good enough blessing of God is, you know, rather than putting up with the, the money changers or whatever. But at the same time, the, the priest would have said, we're not sacrificing that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Uh, this is Man Up, podcast number 172. We will be right back.
2: You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is pretty authentic and unexpectedly funny you can find them on Apple Podcast iHeartRadio Facebook under Man Up and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com they're not pastors but they're very reliable regular guys and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast so for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com and now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up.
0: And welcome back, everybody. This is podcast, number 172, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. This is the uh, No Church Answers Tour. And we're in lesson two of Living in the Spirit, Righteousness, Peace, and Joy. And this is about God's temple. And we've been exploring about Jesus with the money changers. And uh, I I wanted to go and just for a second about the fig tree. And in this uh, uh, scripture reading, Jesus goes up to a fig tree. And apparently when they leave, they have typically have fruit. Jesus wanted to pick some fruit because he was hungry and there was no fruit on this fig tree. And so he curses it and says, no one shall ever eat fruit from you again. And the thing that it got me thinking about was how, when you're not a mature Christian, when you just start believing you don't have the deeds, and so that's that's kind of how I was equating this, as being, uh, a, as if you were a new Christian, you're you're the new tree, but you don't have the fruit of the spirit because you're you're not mature in it, and so that's kind of what I thought I that the lesson that I that I took from this. And I just wondered, though, what what you guys would uh, take from this, and uh, start with Mr. Steve. Well, I, I don't. I,
2: I, I think it is it is an an important place of this the story uh, with the fig tree right around. And and if we if we had continued on two more verses, it would have been the next day, and they would have Jesus and his apostles would have gone past that fig tree, and it would have been. All withered, um, but I, I don't think it's a new Christian bill. I think I think it's the problem of mature Christians, maybe, because uh, this was a tree that was it was a little bit anom- anomalous because at that time of year the fig trees usually are 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 not blooming, are not leaving, but a fig tree that is leaving. Um, is a signal that it should have fruit. If if you you're if you see a fig tree with a lot of leaves on, the expectation is that there is fruit on it. Um, what Jesus finds is a tree that's looks healthy. Uh, it's got a lot of leaves on it, but it's bearing no no fruit. And the analogy or the metaphor is the temple. The temple is huge. It's you know it's 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 Got splendor going. It's undergoing a whole lot of renovation at this point under under Herod. Uh, it appears to be a vibrant place. Uh, if you were if you were in if you were in Jewish or even if you were if you came to the temple at the height of the Passover festival, it looked like oh why biz was busy. Everything was going on. But as we were talking about inside, there's no fruit. Uh, there's no fruit in the temple. There was no fruit on the fig tree. And taking that to to us and our lives, we we can't declare ourselves Christians and not be devoid of fruit. A a true Christian will show fruit of the Spirit. Uh, And now there there may be um, impediments to that. Uh, the 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 temple was completely corrupt. Uh, we most most Christians we hope may, are, are tainted a bit by sin, but is that sin keeping us from connecting with God? Is that sin uh, preventing us from bearing fruit? And that's I think the 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 point we we should be taking away from this now in our time.
0: Wow, interesting, uh, Judge Michael Cropper.
5: Yes, Bill, I, I have to, I remember growing up uh, in the Baptist church and hearing this whenever probably I was four six years old, maybe even eight years old, I remember thinking that Jesus cursed the poor, helpless fig tree. I remember thinking, "Right, wow. terrible. And, 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 but you look at it, again, Steve referenced this, and I think you referenced it too, Bill. The fig tree scene is very brilliant. It's very bright. It's very clear and it's sandwiched between his first approaching of the temple and his last approaching of the temple in Mark. Okay. I think the fig tree are the Jewish priests. I clearly think that. Jesus hungry, when he went up to the tree, that beautiful leaves, like Steve said, it was like an advertisement for a store or a restaurant or something. He went to the tree to get the food and there was no food on it. And the point there is the time was not the time for the fig tree to produce figs, So it should not have had leaves, like Steve said. So much like we've experienced in our lives, when a store sends you an ad, did you you guys ever receive ads in the mail and you went to go to the store to buy a particular item from the ad and the store no longer has it or it never had it in the first place, you kind of feel betrayed. And I can imagine Jesus walking up to that and thinking, boy, I'm betrayed. Well, so now I'm, I'm thinking, and, and where I'm getting at here, the priests were similar to the fig tree. As the leaders of the temple, their purpose was to provide spiritual guidance and teaching to the people. They wore the holy garments, the uh, The temple itself inside. And originally, it was very beautiful and very, very um, holy before all this selling came about of it. The temple was the location you were supposed to learn about God, just like we go to our, our church, First uh Baptist. The hot hypocrisy was if the priests wore holy garments, they held holy positions, but they were anything but holy. And, and they did not provide leadership and food to, to teach the people the holiness. They only taught them greed, G-R-E-E-D. So the, 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 so how's that how's it affect us? Well, the Spirit of God is to meet us at the temple, but it was impossible. Had we been at that time, the Spirit of God was to meet us at the temple, but it was impossible for the Spirit of God to overpower the corruption, as Steve has said, and you have said, the corruption of the priests who were behind all the selling and trading that was going on in the temple.
0: Interesting. Kyle
1: Trahan. Why in the world do you make me follow all that? I mean, I, yeah, come on. No, honestly, uh, they, they – I, I figured you could straighten it out so I could <laughs> oh, yeah, – You know, right. Uh, he does
0: it a few words. out. Yeah. He does. He, go
1: get some. I, I, you guys just had me thinking of fig bread, fig cakes, and peanuts yeah. now. You know, maybe I'm just getting hungry or something. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I struggled in the beginning. I had to read this lesson a couple of times because – what was that, Steve? Ah, big big bar, bar. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's, that's great. Uh, just spurred me on from my hunger, apparently. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, <laughs> as I said, you know, the, this whole book is, you know, about the, the Holy Spirit. And I was really thrown off. I, I had to search in here. You guys have, have really helped me kind of understand a little more where I you know, even didn't see some of the 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 different parallels. I guess is the word I'm looking for here. Um, you know, because the fig tree. How's that relate back to you know? I, I back to the the Holy Spirit. I was kind of like Mike of you know that that poor little fig tree. You know, because hey man when I. Uh, a- after the hurricane, I went by dad's house and their whole fence came down while well, the fence was laying on one of his fig trees. And I thought that poor fig tree. So I just thought that two weeks ago. And uh, it's so strange to hear that, you know, again, I-, I picked three little figs off, which never did mature, by the way, you can't pick the fruit before it's ready. It doesn't mature, you know, um, which I guess is an interesting thing as well, that the fruit that we bear you know, meaning being Christ-like takes cultivation and time because you can't just sprout a flower, pop a little piece of fruit out. No, let's eat that because I'll guarantee you that little fig, had Jesus found some that were a little bitty, they would have been tart and nasty and hard. Um, and so it takes that time in the spirit to develop our fruit yeah <clears throat> and you know uh
0: being a uh a farmer, we didn't raise any figs, but we raised plenty of pigs and cattle, and uh normally we would take them uh to market when they when they got market weight, except my dad was really good friends with the butcher, and a butcher knew exactly what he was looking for, and he would come out and he would pick the animals that he wanted to buy from my dad. And he paid a premium price for him too um, because he, he, got, he got what was prime. And when I was thinking about that, um, about the priests and uh, the money changers um, at the temple, I was thinking about, they probably had their own favorite providers of livestock the people that always raised the doves or the people that were let in that raised the pigs or raised the uh raised the beef that that was going to be there to be sacrificed and he the priest could probably tell who came from came from who and the, and, and the the good producers always did a good job and brought their best ones there and probably did charge a premium price. Whereas the other ones, they, they just, I mean, you, you can tell who the farmer is <clears throat> just by looking at their product, which is the animals that they produce. And I have no doubt that the ones that are blemish free and the ones that the priests are going to say that one is blemish free, <clears throat> they know who the person is that produced it and how much they were charged. The people were charged for it. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's almost as if they had a, uh, an inside track um, to it about the animal as opposed with the person. And that's the thing that I think, when I think about this particular story, the priests are more caring about who's making the money than the person that's actually bringing the sacrifice and what they sacrifice not only to get there, but to buy the animal to get the blessing.
5: I was thinking a little bit more about the uh, the temple. I know we've, well, we've gone on that a little bit, but uh, one, of, one of the questions I asked myself when we were reading the lesson, we've talked about it so far, uh, about the sellers, the, the money changers, and the, uh, the people who are selling the sacrificial animals, just like you talked about, Bill. And I had asked myself, why is Jesus so angry? But then I went back to the Old Testament back with Moses, the temple was a symbol of God's presence. Its purpose was to provide a safe place for God's people to come and worship him, to learn about him, give offerings to him, offer sacrifices to him as well. The temple was a dwelling place for God. In fact, God spoke to Moses in Exodus, and he told Moses to direct the Israelites to build a sanctuary for he himself, for God himself, to dwell among the Israelites. And that's Exodus 25, 8. And in fact, he says to uh, Moses specifically, God tells Moses, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And in fact, God says, I will show you the pattern of the tabernacle and its furnishings. That's verse 9. And they shall make an ark into which we will store the tables of the commandments. And that's the Ark of the Covenant, of course. And it also contained the mercy seat which is an even greater symbol of God's love and his God's mercy, which was part of the ark. And all this is in the, the temple itself. And it was so important the Israelites that when we just left the book of Daniel, you remember Daniel, it was so important that when he prayed to God, he faced Jerusalem and he also faced the location of the temple when he kneeled down to pray to God, even though... The temple had been torn down. It was that important to the Jews who who loved and trusted in God uh, that they would refer to it and that they would look at it and hold it in great, great esteem. In fact, Solomon's original temple was filled with God's presence when it was completed. However, uh, going back to today's lesson, the present temple was filled with money changers, not God's presence, animal sellers, and you'll remember we passed through this real quick, people trekking through the temple to avoid walking around it. So it was no longer a place of worship. It was a place of profit. It had become a commonplace, much like uh, uh, what the farmer's market, things like that.
0: Huh, that's, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Kyle?
1: You know, if you think of yourself as that temple, because you are supposed to be a temple of God, that you know, we we probably all have that same battle going on in our lives. I mean, uh, all of us sin, so uh, you know, all of us kind of judge a little bit here and there, uh, excluding, of course, Michael the judge. Uh, yeah, 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 But we're known for we're known for being uh, he's paid. He's paid to do it. Uh, that's that's right.
0: right.
1: That's right. Uh, well, so were the priests, and I'm yeah. sure quite handsome. quite a bit you know um you know so i i know i judge i I try to not judge harshly or 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 even at all because you know what is it uh uh, judge not lest he be judged you know so I, i try to watch what i do but again if i look at myself as the temple You know, evil or sin creeps in, and Jesus comes in and shakes it all up, gets your head back into the game, but it's then us. I think of what happened when Jesus walked out of the room. You know, so he threw it all around, right? And then he left. Well, did they just pick up their tables and get all their coins back together and say, okay, well, that mess is gone. And, you know, that mess of Jesus, he's, he's left, and it's back to business. And pick up the doves and put the cages back together. And, you know, did, did that happen? I, I don't know. You know, um, so anyway.
0: Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up, podcast number 172. We'll be right back.
5: You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com.
3: And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up.
0: And welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But what we do is we go through an ABF or Adult Bible Fellowship uh, Sunday School lesson. And uh, this is the No Church Answers Tour, and that's what we are. We are each on this individual faith journey, and uh, a lot of times uh, there's questions uh, that come up that you wouldn't want to ask in church, and that's why we ask them here. So we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up uh, this particular lesson, uh, Living in the Spirit, This is lesson two, God's temple. And um, go ahead and start with uh, Steve Titch.
2: Yeah, Kyle started down the the path. And the author of our study does too, but kind of stops short. Because one of the questions he sticks right at the beginning of this lesson is, can God live in a dirty house? And um, this is always tricky because... uh, we, the, the spirit now indwells in us. Each of our bodies or hearts, if you want to say it, is we should serve as the temple of the Lord. And so, what's the implication of that? And it, some, I mean, obviously smoking is unhealthy, but some Christians will not smoke uh, or drink alcohol, not you know, be, because of that um, injunction, because that the body is the temple of the Lord. Um, and that and that even even you know, unhealthy chemicals are unhealthy for that. But we, we also it also brings in, you know, quest, difficult questions. I mean, you know, what do, you know, what do you watch? What movies do we want to go to? I, I, I admitted earlier that I watched Goodfellas. There are a lot of Christians who would think that is not an appropriate film to watch. Um, it would be an interesting debate, but, and I'm just stating as a fact that, uh, you know, you, you've got to keep some of that in mind. What are you, what are you watching? What is the message uh, that media gives you? What is the message of a particular film or television show? Is it, uh, and I'm not, you know, a lot in the I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and condemn R-rated movies. A lot of the Bible is certainly R-rated and for adult. Uh, consumption only. We've talked about David and Bathsheba, but, uh, you know, you can get his dark materials uh, is a children's story or a young adult story. And it is, it is atheistic. Um, it sells the atheistic line. It is very hostile to religion. It's actually an answer to Lord of the Rings, to both Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Um Oddly enough, you know, we, so I think sometimes we've got to look at that too. Uh, not just because something has a, has a bad word in it or, or, or has, has sexual or adult themes to it. Nonetheless, um, it's a tough line. I'm, 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 uh, it's, you know, what, what do you watch? What books do you read? Uh, what entertainment do you seek out? Um, how do you fill your spirit? Now, you know, uh, it, I, I, and i know that that Kyle for instance i know he listens a lot to uh what was it KPN. and i i can't even know their call letters <laughs> that which is terrible of me but the uh the local fm church station um KSBJ. KSBJ. uh and you know there's there's appropriate opportunities for spiritual fulfillment uh from media uh but there there it is and and you know and i think that's a tough thing because Evidently, you know, there are, especially if you've got young children, uh, what do they see you watching? Can you, you know, even when they're in bed, they can hear what's going on on the TV. So uh, there's so much to think about when it comes down to being uh, a leader in your home and an example you're setting. And I don't, I'm, I'm going to come out and say, I don't know exactly where that line is, uh, come, sometimes you know when you cross it, but you don't always know how close you are.
0: Interesting. Uh, Kyle Trahan.
1: Sorry, right? Yeah. You guys got me thinking for work, so, I'm, you know, you got to take the inspiration when you get it and write yourself a note every now and then. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, kind of to Steve's point of, of what you're watching and what you're doing, what you're reading, what you're listening to, whatever, you know, junk in, junk out, you know, if all you're taking in is, is the bad or you have to temper it kind of like an egg. You can't just pour hot liquid in it. You'll scramble it. You know, um, at the end of this book or the end of this lesson, the author wrote a little, a little box there to apply this passage to your daily life. Um, he says, "Turn." Or I don't know who read this. But the author says, "Turn, turn off the TV and use that time to talk to God. Um, ask God to cleanse your heart so you can worship Him in holiness. Exa- examine your your life for the fruit of the Spirit." And he references uh, Galatians five twenty-two and twenty-three, <clears throat> and then it says, "If you're struggling with a particular sin." Uh, that has become a stronghold, seek counsel and prayer from a godly friend uh, that can serve as a mentor. Um, you know, that that's a big one, um, especially for, for men. Um, it's, it's always hard to um, admit there's an issue. You know, we, we most of us know if we're men, you know, admitting there's a medical issue is like, you know, basically pulling out a fingernail. Um, most of us would rather just deny it, you know, uh, or live with it. I, I almost remember uh, a, a particular person saying that, uh, I don't know what last year that, uh, just keep on, uh, walking down the hall this way, you know? Um, uh, but I also just, just for my last little thing, there was a prayer for the day. Somebody posted up on Facebook and I thought it was perfect that it hit today for this lesson. Um, so I'm going to finish out my little second uh, here with the prayer for the day. Uh, it says, Holy God, you have given me another day. Bring your Holy Spirit into my mind and my life so that I may walk this day in your presence. Let me feel your presence throughout the day, remembering always that you sent your Spirit, that you may be a living force in all I see and all I do. When I feel temptation or begin to stray, show me your path. Correct me. Comfort me. Let me live your will that I may be happy in this life and blessed in the life to come. This I pray in the name of Christ, my Lord. Amen.
0: That was awesome. Michael Cropper. I have nothing. (laughs) <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> i have never heard
4: an attorney <laughs> yes. ever
5: no kyle i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up uh right. we forgot i don't think we mentioned uh, robert koshu is ill and mm. since you brought up that prayer folks uh those of you who are listening to us keep in your prayers to get well he said he wasn't feeling well and we miss him when he's not here in fact we miss any of us that are not here kyle had to miss a couple times we missed him when he wasn't here but anyway y'all keep keep Robert uh, in your prayers that the Lord will heal him and get him completely well, because we do believe the Lord heals. And we do believe that he heals through his Holy Spirit. And that's another important reason why we should keep our bodies clean and our minds free so that we can focus on God throughout the day. Um, And and Steve and and Kyle, y'all have so adequately addressed the fact that, that practically speaking, what do we do as men uh, to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, and are, are we aware more more? Are we aware of who's watching us? And that's everybody, right? As you know, everywhere we go, anytime there's a person somewhere around us, someone is watching us, and we need to keep that in mind in everything we do at work, especially at home. Like Steve said, our children see, and they are aware of things that that we do that we don't even think about we are doing that might influence them other than what would be right and perfect in the Lord's eyes. So at the grocery store, when we're driving the freeways, everything like that, uh, remember, and I'm going to end with this last uh, paragraph right above what Kyle wrote. Uh, why Why do we think we, our body is the, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit? Paul addresses this. Jesus called the temple of a house of prayer, called the temple a house of prayer, And later, the Apostle Paul would remind the church at Corinth that believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's 1 Corinthians 6.19, folks, if you'd like to look. And And it, our body, is where he resides. No longer would God reside in the temple made with human hands that we have talked about today, and Jesus cleansed that temple. He will live in the hearts of his children, and he wants to commune with them in prayer. Unfortunately, like the temple in Jesus' day, our hearts can become corrupted by sin so much that the things of God are no longer visible and they're not welcome there. And like the temple, our hearts need cleansing so we can again commune with God. And then remember the, the steps that Kyle told you to do. And that's simply, yeah, shut off the TV sometimes and and then pray and ask God to clean your heart and guide you and direct you. All right, Bill. Bill.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to uh, just finish up by saying every person of faith is on a faith journey uh, because that's what it is. You you don't necessarily arrive, but you're continually uh, on a journey. Um, the difference with uh, someone who um, is faithful and on that faith journey is that he has god as his guide so <clears throat> and with that this has been the no church answers tour um we're uh in this new living in the spirit this is the lesson two this is the new study that we're in and make sure that uh you tune in on thursday we'll be dropping the men matter uh the professor he interviews Bobby Delgado, who is the chaplain for the Houston Fire Department and what they've gone through recently, uh, an outstanding interview. So on behalf of uh, our Deacon Kyle Trahan and uh, <clears throat> the judge, Michael Cropper, our producer, Steve Tisch, my name is Bill Cox, I want to encourage each and every one of you to, once we're out of COVID, to join a local Bible-based church, why local? So you'll go and participate. And in the meantime, <clears throat> to if you want to participate in a traditional Baptist service, log on to slbc.org. That's Sugarland Baptist Church, and on Sundays at 9:45, and you'll be able to enjoy and participate in a traditional Baptist service online. <clears throat> but once it opens up and you're able to go to a local Bible-based church, we want to make sure that we encourage you to get involved and get involved in an adult Bible fellowship or a Sunday school, small group like what we have here. So you can <clears throat> talk about things and find one that is for men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up.